and gentlemen, welcome to episode 35 of The Fighting Goat. My name is Arjun Chipakati, aka Mystic Chips, and I'm joined by the one and only superhuman Somesh Kamra. We've got a great show for you. We're going to talk about one of my biggest nemesis is cutting weight. And we're going to talk about it in detail. We're going to see how difficult it or easy it is for fighters all around the world. Different rules, different organizations, different sports. Apart from that, we're going to tell you about the week and not to mention... Talk about the upcoming banger of the card where both me, Mystic Chips and Sumesh Kamra will be live in the Sony studios starting at 10.30 p.m. this Saturday, 30th of October. Lots more to come. Let's come back after a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to The Fighting Goat. You're listening to Arjun, a.k.a. Mystic Chips and the superhuman Kamra. Mr. Kamra, it's so good to be back, man. Last namaste, week. namaste, 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 namaste. But why are you, you know, why are you slurring and all of that? You know, I think, I think the Bombay studio is not working for you. The Bombay no. studio is not working for me. And plus, I saw Ghar Pe Chua Tha. Now, I'm not, dude, like, now listen, now I have pet peeves. I don't mind if there are two guys waiting to kick my ass. Take care for a fighting <laughs> chance. But Chua and all is a little too much, yeah. <laughs> There's a rat you know, in your in house. Culture, you know, in Marathi culture, they say actually seeing a mouse is a good omen. It is true. Is it? Yeah, because any, uh, any specific of, reason why? At the foot of the Ganpati statue, if you always yeah. notice a Ganpati idol, there's right. always a little mouse. Absolutely. And so when they say if you see a little mouse in your house, it is it's Anglavatta. It's good. It's good for the house. Very nice. So that's a positive. I hope you have some modaks right there. But this time I think he stole fish. From your house. Yeah, I know. Seriously, what kind of mouse is this? <laughs> but <Well>, speaking, <laughs> yeah, you know. But speaking of mouse and mice, man, there's so much that happened in the week that was with this entire Paula Costa episode in oh the Oh my UFC. God, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fight that was originally supposed to be at middleweight, which is uh-huh. 185 pounds, the gentleman Paula Costa could not cut weight and it was moved to light heavyweight, which is 205 pounds. Marvin Vittori obviously agreed to the fight and turned out victorious. Yeah, and you know... Uh, How badass was that? It, it was badass. And you remember we spoke uh, earlier, we sp- explained that it is actually in one of the highest stats of uh, significant shots landed were landed by in the fight between uh, Max Holloway and Calvin Qatar. Yes. And these two boys in light heavyweight history have landed for the first time almost a similar amount of strikes in their fight. Wow. Because that's what the stats, it was almost 400 strikes between the two of them. Yeah. And, and also in a funny stat... 400 strikes between them. And in John Jones' 11-year career, he's been hit only 500 and something times. Oh my God. So it was a banger of an event. I'm sure there was a lot of badass happening out there. You know, both the badass guys. In fact, Dana White was very vocal about it. He spoke the fact that Vittori was so accommodating. He's such a stud. And it's because of him this main event happened. Also, what I heard is that Paulo Costa was 233 pounds. Oh, sorry, 212 yeah, pounds, I think. I think. 212 no, was. he was 227 pounds. My God, man. On the, the fight. These guys cut weight. It's just ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. But before we speak of that, man, Chips, what about Fedor coming back in Bellator versus yeah, a younger I, opponent? I love it. I love it. And he knocked his opponent out in Moscow. I saw that beautiful combination set up with that left hand and then that's his iconic legendary right ah. swinging right hook that landed and knocked his opponent stiff out cold. Just shows, you know, I don't care. 
it doesn't matter how old Fedor is. It doesn't matter how out of shape he looks. He can still end your night very badly if he wants. But you know, he was never in shape. What we call and the, he's always dad bod. Yeah, he's always been dad bod. You know, but at the same time, you know, he's like that two twenty five, two thirty pound guy who's never really focused on the six pack. And in fact, he doesn't cut that much weight. He moves around pretty much at the same weight. You know, so that's so that's the main topic of today. But before we get to that. There's so much, so much, so much coming in. How was the Marvin Vittori Paulo Costa fight? Just, 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 just brief me on that. It was such a technical battle. It went uh, to a unanimous decision. Right. There were moments for both fighters going back and forth. But I got to say one thing is that the weight cut didn't affect them that much in the sense that you know when you're training to fight at 185 pounds, right, or 170 pounds, your body has to go through a certain rigor that Absolutely. you put it through, and then suddenly a week prior you're you're supposed to change to a different weight division. Now, you know, we'll get into it into detail separately uh, in our next segment, but it showed that he had managed that change very effectively. Right. Which goes to show, I think both these boys aren't, you know, obviously when you're fighting at 185, you're cutting down. Right. But I think they're comfortable. They, they seem more comfortable in that 200 plus weight class, you know? Well, absolutely. Because uh, what I believe is that uh, Marvin Vittori was 204 or 205 pounds right. on fight he came day. came on the money, yeah. And uh, Paulo Costa on fight day was 227 pounds. Man, that's mental. It's mental. No. I mean, I can just imagine that Vittori must have been cutting down from about 200 to 205. Correct. To come to 185. Right. And, but he was cutting down. He must have stopped around the 195 mark saying, you know, he might as well come back up. Correct. Correct. So he's fighting at his literally his natural weight class. And I think, you know, because of all the new stringent rules that have been put into place, mm-hmm. more and more fighters are finding it comfortable to fight at their own weight classes. Well, it's also, it's also healthier for the fighter. Agreed. You know, Costa looked better. You know, he definitely looked better. He was, you know, he went, he went the five rounds. He was, he was really aggressive. He had the strikes. He had the power. He had the cardio. He had all of that, you know, and yeah. we've seen it in the past. You know, when the IV band came into the picture, a lot of fighters actually moved one weight class up, you know, but again, you know, more to speak about that on the other side of the break. But man, the week yes, that sir. was, we also had a strong man enter MMA. Oh, yes. Not to mention, <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know, Maris Pudzianowski is a five-time, um, you know, strongman champion. And, right. you know, the kind of power these guys have is great to watch, you know, with the Atlas ball lift and the, and the you know, the deadlifts and everything. Right, right. We've always said that this perhaps does not translate to mixed martial arts. Because it's different, you know, MMA is different. But, Hands move right. differently, power is used differently. Right. <laughs> but he was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but is there something about MMA that is attracting all these guys into the sport? You know, because we're seeing a lot of people that are transitioning from other sports, you know, from NFL, from uh, soccer, from all these sports. And they're actually trying their hand at MMA. It's good, man. It's good. Uh, I think there's a lot of fighters that are that are training seriously to come in. But Very you know, true. also in the week that uh, that was, we forgot to mention there were a couple of boxers which have come out saying that you know against the new announcement now that uh, Logan Paul is going to be facing Mike Tyson in uh, in February of 2022, and I was wow. I was in shock because I'm like. You know, I, I firstly props to Logan Paul, man. You're stepping in with one of the most vicious killers of the 80s. And right. uh, it, it's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, to be honest. But there were a lot of boxers who came out and said that, you know, you know, I don't know why people are treating the sport like a joke. Because right, you won't go into a Formula One car and just out of the, you know, you won't get up and go into a Formula One car and try to drive the car. You won't survive. Right. Right. You won't go and go to the field of playing cricket into international test cricket 
and you'll get screwed. You 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 can't you can't just get up and do that. Right. Same right. thing with any major sport on that professional level. So what makes people think that they can get up and get into boxing? Well, is this some kind of amalgamation between the WWE and professional sports? Is it like something in the middle where there are professionals who are way past their prime coming back and trying their hand with YouTubers and stuff? Because I do believe Jake Paul is also fighting Tyson Fury's brother. Yes, Tommy Fury. Tommy yeah. Fury. And that's yeah. happening in December. So, you I know. don't know, man. I really don't know. I mean, <laughs> is there... I, I... You know, is there a new segment that has been created where it's not the fake WWE, it's not the real MMA or boxing? It is somewhere in the middle. I don't know. See, the thing is, we, I just went for that event uh, two weeks back uh, to in uh, to the Middle East, Dubai. Right. And right. we saw some exhibition matches. Now, that I'm okay with. Because right. those are, right. both fighters are not fighters. They're both exhibition fighters. Correct. So, they're doing their own exhibition fight. But it's not like a five-time world champion taking on somebody else, you know? Correct. There's Correct. no mismatch as such. It's not like Floyd Mayweather hanging out with, uh, you know, Logan Paul. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So, if you want to do your fun exhibition matches, they've always existed in the world. Let's not pretend for a moment that uh, Mayweather didn't go to Japan and did do some time pass. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> they all did for money. And he says it himself. Yeah. He was 35 and 0 and he decided like, I'm 35 and 0, I've got the legacy, but where's the money? Correct. So Correct. exhibitions are part of life and exhibitions matches will happen everywhere. I mean, James Tony versus Randy Couture, everybody knew what was going to happen. Right. I mean, yes, right. there was an element of, oh, maybe, but okay. But I think, I think it's the, a lot of the crossover fans, like, you know, I mean, so much you saw the Brock Lesnar era and you saw what kind of fans that brought in immediately. Absolutely. You know, but Brock Lesnar could actually fight. It was it was yeah, not an exhibition match. It was not something like a CM Punk who just could not pull the trigger. This guy just went out there. You know, he was probably off his PEDs and he, there was some <laughs> rage coming out there. He was like, boom, boom, boom. So he could actually fight. You know, he pulled off. True. He pulled off some good, uh, not stunts, but he pulled off some good moves and he it turned out champion. to be ended. Absolutely. You know, champion, champion in his third fight. Give it to he beat Randy Couture. He defended it against Shane Carvin. Yeah. He beat yeah. Frank Mayer. And then he lost to Cain uh, Velasquez. Cain Velasquez, yeah. And um, but you know, you know, I got to give the internet some points, man. When CM Punk said he was retiring <laughs> from the world of MMA, people had written <laughs> like another legend lost to the sport, <laughs> gone too soon. <laughs> You know, the internet is damn cruel, yeah. But, you know, it takes some guts to really get into the octagon and do what these it guys is, do, it you is, know. It really is. I mean, like, what? It's <laughs> brutal, you know. The sport is brutal, but the fans and the internet is, even, <laughs> is even more brutal. Dude, but, but tell me something. How heavy is your art, man? I mean, India versus Pakistan, dude. To be honest, I was very, very disappointed at that moment. But, you know, when I went to bed and got up in the morning, I was like, See, we got, you know, we got to lose at some point. You know, it can't be like a hundred year career and we never lose. And see, to be honest. 1992 to 2021. That is the yeah, it, you know, it's, you know, it's more like an obituary, you know, that 1992 to <laughs> 2021. But at the same time, see, you know, the boys played well. And man, you know, we can't take anything away from the Pakistan cricket team. Oh, no, no, no. They did a great job. Afridi, that, that ball he bowled to Rahul was just unplayable. Unplayable, unplayable, unplayable you know. Couldn't so, do anything about it. turned out to be the game changer where he took, you know, these early wickets. And, you know, see, to be honest, it's a sport. So, who plays Correct. well wins, you know. And unfortunately, it was not our day. I know. As it was not for a lot of uh, Fedor's opponents that Absol- Fedor also won. Absolutely. And Pudinovsky's opponent. And, uh, and of course, for Paulo Costa. 
which uh, which seems to be wrapping this week. I mean, apart from that, they had a couple of announcements. The buzz for UFC 267 is electric. Trick, unbelievable! Unbelievable! It's, it's just one of those cards where everybody's just holding themselves together, and praying, saying, "Please, kuch na ho. Please, <laughs> do not do anything anymore. Absolutely. Don't walk to the sauna alone. Don't sit down on the couch next to the pool alone. Absolutely. Don't try to walk and take steps because please, kuch injury nahi ho. Please. Well, uh, well, those are very brutal comments. But <laughs> what is more brutal is the fact. Of our next segment, as some of these fighters go through the weight cutting process, some yes. of them don't a lot more on the other side. When we come back after these short messages, see you on the other side where Mystic Chips and Superhuman Camera speak about weight cutting, the drawbacks, the pros and the cons. See you on the other side after these quick commercial messages. Welcome back to The Fighting Goat. This you are listening to Arjun aka Mystic Chips and the superhuman Somesh Kamra. We've been talking about all the musty and the fun that happened in the week. Uh, a few messages of me feeling sorry for uh, the Indian cricket team and of course for all Indians because you know how internet is now. They, they, current, they went out and started uh, pulling out memes from Mahabharat. Uh, where, right. you know, Arjuna getting beat up and stuff. And it was right. just ridiculous. Right. I mean, guys, look, we love India. Vilat Kohli is still a man. He might be, he might might look like a god, but he's still a man. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> humans lose. So it's a sport. So let's not vilify our team for losing one game. It's a sport, man. And Abhi, are World Cup, Abhi Baki hai. It's the first game. Pehla game hai. Chill lo. Round of semi final mein hai, round of 16 mein hai. Ruk na, chalo hai. You know, Diwali aari hai, mithai vitai khao, thada chocolate wafer khao, you know. But the people that cannot eat chocolates are the people who are competing on the fight cards. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be speaking about weight cut. The pros, the cons, who did it well, who's not done it well, what drawbacks it has had and a lot more. So, Chips, you know what, tell us first, what is weight cutting exactly? Man, weight cutting is one of the most awful things I've ever seen in the past. I've struggled with it myself, as you know, Mr. Kamara. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you come well, down in weight, yeah. you go up in weight. Everybody yep. knows what. Everybody knows that losing weight is a pitch and a half. But you're perfectly in shape. Yeah. <laughs> some, for some people, yes. People, <laughs> mostly, for most people, no. <laughs> but anyway, no. My point is that no. It's always great to remain in shape, and you know, yeah. and this is. But when when we talk about weight cutting for mixed martial arts fighters, is basically trying to achieve a weight limit. Of of a weight category that you're competing in. Say when uh, Somesh was fighting at 70 kilos or 65 kilos, yeah. he would usually cut from say about 5 kilos above. So about, that's about, say, about 10 pounds ahead. 10 say. pounds, yeah. Yeah, he would start cutting down from 10 pounds ahead and then slowly cut down. And the technique is to, you know, you cut out your salt, you cut out your food. Correct. And basically, it's basically a systematic dehydration till you Correct. reach that weight point. Now, from that point onwards, it's, you know, it becomes an art summation, right? Correct, correct. Honestly, and it's such a it's such a difficult thing to do because you know you when Bharat went, you actually you would be in the best position to do this since where, when Bharat had to cut down to yeah. he was fighting at what feather. So he originally was scheduled to fight at bantamweight, and which is uh, around what one thirty five, which is which is one thirty five pounds, which is about sixty one <laughs> kgs. So he normally weighs in at about sixty eight, sixty nine, mm. but it takes about a proper whole three weeks to get that weight down. 
So how does he start? But how do you uh, start the procedure? Because I've seen uh, things in boxing and I've seen things uh, in MMA as well. But right. the right. UFC is one of the biggest organizations. So you know they they probably have a do they have a set of guidelines and protocol? So actually they don't. The UFC doesn't have a set of guidelines, which means there are some fighters who are at the top level who cut anywhere from twenty five to thirty pounds to come to their weight division. So you know so. Oh my God! Yeah, you you're right because I remember uh, Rumble Johnson, Anthony Rumble Johnson, who used to be walking around. I mean, if you guys Google him now and then Google him ten years ago, Correct. you will not believe this man used to weigh eighty kilos. I mean, he's easily one thirty kilos. Correct. Correct. So he was. Probably about two twenty pounds, and he used to come all the way down to a hundred and seventy pounds. He used to oh almost God. cut fifty pounds, you know, which is which is absolutely terrible. So what Horrific. typically happens is that fighters have started to believe that if they can come down to a lower weight category, there are more chances for them to win because on fight day they are bigger, they are stronger, they are heavier. However, science has proven that is not true. Well, it is true for that particular fight, maybe. But the long-term repercussions are immense. Where there is kidney failure, you could get oh seizures. God, yeah. Oh my God! You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a fighter called Uriah Hall in the UFC who had suffered a seizure due to weight cutting. Oh really? Wait, uh, which fight? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember which one exactly, but I know that Uriah Hall had uh, suffered a seizure, and that was very, very serious. The fact that also most of the fighters are getting knocked out easily is crazy. Oh yeah, I I, I remember I remember against uh, Rose Nama Juniors when uh, when Joanna Yochechek defended her belt. Yeah, and she got knocked out. No, firstly, hang on. I don't want to make excuses for her because a punch is a punch. There's nothing called a lucky punch. Correct. And you and she landed that shot perfectly. But I think that you know when you see a fighter who like uh, like Joanna who has taken so much of punishment in the past. Look, yeah, I'm not I'm not making excuses. She lost. She lost. That's Correct. the truth. Correct. She got outclassed by a better fighter that night. But you saw in the rematch when her when her health was on point, it became a lot more competitive. Absolutely, like it, was, it came yes. down to one razor thin decision. Absolutely. In fact, it is a scientific fact that. Extreme weight cutting could really get your body fragile to a level where you would actually get knocked out faster, and there are chances of brain damage. Imagine how serious is that? Yeah, you I know? mean, I mean, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, you know, do this experiment if you want to understand relatability. You know, it, it, before a good shadi or a holiday festival, like imagine if you're going to Goa for like ten day holiday, chutti. Yeah, and you know how most families, bachpan mein bhi, so they are you're going on holiday now and now lose weight, lose weight before you yeah. go on holiday. <laughs> At least, mujhe to bola jata tha. <laughs> but uh, it's the same thing. So where you don't eat, you starve yourself. You're only on yeah. water. Yeah. It's, now imagine how you feel then at that point, and then step in to get into one of the most strenuous. Twenty-five minutes of your life, yeah. You're going to put your body on the line, knowing you're going to get beat up in that condition. Yep. Tell me how you feel then, and then Man. you know it's, you it's know it's brutal. brutal. It's you know it's brutal. In fact, mixed martial arts is the number one sport where the fighters or the athletes cut maximum amount of weight. So there are number of combat sports, be it boxing, be it judo, be it BJJ. Athletes and combatants cut weight in all of them. But it's an average of two pounds, two and a half pounds, maybe three pounds. I've noticed. I've noticed though that there is a balance in seeing uh, between in athletes. When you see taekwondo, you see karate, you see muay thai. Yeah, muay thai yeah. guys barely cut weight. They don't because Correct. they're shredded. They like to fight where they are. Wrestlers, on the other hand, in in wrestling, in competitive wrestling, they cut right. a lot of weight. Right. To get they to do. categories for their advantages. 
Right. And and we see that the wrestlers who transitioned into MMA are usually the ones who don't have a lot of issues cutting weight. Right, right. They, they don't have and, issues. And at the same time, I personally believe wrestling is not a sport where you get hit on the head. So I guess weight cutting in wrestling could be a little less, you know, damaging to the fighter. Yeah. But in MMA, what happens when you're constantly getting the strikes on your head, I mean, oh, you're getting man. kicked, you know, getting liver shots and all right. of that. You know, the moment you have strikes coming in, I think the weight cutting aspects should just be re-looked at. I love how 1FC deals with their weight oh, cutting yes, process. Yes, yes, yes. In yes, their yes. contract, they have a clause that you cannot cut more than 8% of your body weight. So basically, if you're fighting, if you're 100, if you're fighting at say 100 kgs, yeah, you cannot drop more than say 8 kgs for your yes. fight. Yes, you cannot. So you need to be walking around at a maximum of <clears throat> 108, 109 uh, you cannot, uh, you know, walk about. That's that. actually very so, good. That's very good. But even that, you know, that eight kgs is a sixteen-pound limit. Like it's sixteen pounds in that sense. It can go up to that mark. But you know what happens when you speak on the lighter fighters? Like for example, yeah. like a you know, like a hundred and forty-five pound featherweight fighter cannot walk around beyond a hundred and fifty-five, which is not that bad. Which is not no, which is great. And we saw, we used to see the older fighters do that. Guys like BJ Penn, when they fought at one fifty-five, was not more than one sixty-five. Right, right. When he, and when he moved up weight divisions, he used to wait. When he went to welterweight, he was a 169 at welterweight. And that's absolutely. the heaviest. Absolutely. In fact, I mean, one particular fighter who was a champion, Henin Barao, used oh to God, struggle because he used to be at 170. And he used, to, and he used to cut to 145. And that's, he, on fight day, he was 168, 169. And I'm like, dude, that's almost 30 pounds. To, almost 30 pounds. Now that you now that you think of it, um, current... Uh, Title challenger for the flyweight for Brandon Moreno's flyweight title is uh, is Davison Figueredo. Absolutely, said this so many times that I want to see Figueredo on a scale when he enters that cage because I bet he's one sixty, and flyweight is one twenty five. Man, man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's I bet he's five pounds. He looks heavy. You know, you know, thirty five pounds, and I'm like, dude. Are you serious? Someone like Khabib who's had so many issues with his weight. Oh my God. How many fights have been dropped with Tony Ferguson? Because of the weight. Two or three. Oh my God. Easily. You know, Khabib walks around at 210, 215. When he's in camp, he's about 200. He drops to 155. That's mad. I mean, there has to be a cap, I think. I think it's for, you know, it's for, you know, you know, a lot of people say, Khabib have left the sport earlier. Maybe, you know, it's more of like, shit, I don't want to cut the weight anymore. Absolutely. In fact, he was very vocal about it. He said, listen, oh, really? I cannot go through this again. It's a torture. And when is, I, sure. you know, and when I say I cannot go through this again, this basically means weight cutting because skill set, no problem. You know, cardio, no problem. These guys can go through it for the next 20 years. But when it right. comes down to cutting that weight, Oh my God, it would have been a challenge. Now, if you ask me, I would love to see an Usman versus a Khabib. I think that's a dream matchup for me. If Khabib had ever moved up, Usman versus Khabib would have been one of the top, Usman top, looks top like a light heavyweight though. Oh, <laughs> uh, he Usman, does, but you Usman know, cuts a lot of weight as well. You can see him. But some know, guys just master that cut. You know, master yeah, the cut. Yeah. Like it also depends on how much that cut. You know, GS needs to cut a lot of weight. JSP yeah. cut a lot of weight. John Jones, but then guys like Jones who fight at 205, coming in at the 205 limit, yeah. are not more than 15 pounds. He's not cutting more than 15 pounds to get there. Yeah, absolutely. See, you know, and 15 pounds, which is say about seven and a half, eight kilos in that 90 kilo, uh, you know, bracket is Correct. still okay. 
but seven and a half, eight kilos in, you know, like a 66 kilo bracket is a lot of weight. It's Correct. a lot If of you're weight. going from 93 to 100, you're not that much of a difference. Correct. It's not that, it's not that much. Correct. But like Sumesh said, if you're at, if you're fighting at 65 kilos and then you're suddenly 75, shit. That's it's a, a lot of weight. It's, you it's know, like just, just percentage wise, it makes a huge difference. That's why I love the way, you know, one championship deal with it that, you know, not more than 8%. Uh, and that is that's by and, and that's by contract. The other good thing about the UFC, I do believe, is the fact mm. when when <coughs> sorry when they removed the IV ban. Yes, that was a big thing. That was really a big thing. Yeah, you know, and when very they removed, good move though, very very good move. When they removed the IV ban, the IV ban basically is that the fighter dehydrates himself or herself and is allowed to inject liquids via IV to oh, rehydrate. Wow. You know, so that is, you know, so that is one aspect that the, uh, that the UFC absolutely that Exactly. You know, to sum up that entire uh, cutting conversation, we were talking about uh, using the IV man. The IV man was a big deal because guys used it to rehydrate ridiculous amounts of fluid. They would just sit in one place with like multiple bags attached to them for like a couple of hours. Yes. Suddenly would go up 15, you know, eight, 10 kilos. Yes. And then not to mention would have a big meal and then relax and, and they would be looking really jacked back to what they were jacked and big and tough yeah. and they put in a good workout before, you know, going out to fight. And and it, it was, it, it's a good thing. I think that uh, the world is heading towards a better cut. Remember talking to Gary Mangat? Yes. And he was telling us the Brown Munda of Canada. And yeah. uh, <laughs> he was telling us that, that he never had issues with weight cutting in one because you don't need to cut that much weight. You don't want yes. to cut. Because yes. of the cap, there are a lot of people not misusing it. Absolutely, yes. In fact, you know, when when the IV band came into the picture, the fighters who could not use it just moved up one weight class. And a classic example is Robert exactly. Whittaker. You know, there is Anthony Pettis. There is uh, Anthony Smith, Lionheart Smith. He did it. You know, uh, Kevin Lee was another one who just moved exactly. up, you know, like a weight class. In fact, Kevin Lee moved up two weight classes. Yeah, so I, I think I think it's a very good thing because we would not see the amazing Robert Whittaker that we see. Yes, because at welterweight he was looking drained out. Yes, we, the same thing with Rumble Johnson at welterweight he yes. looked silly, but yes. at, at heavyweight he was a stud. He was knocking people out left, right, and center. Man, seriously, he was seriously. scary, scary, scary power he, he had, and it's good to see fighters in their absolute their their honest weights. Absolutely, and they look good. So absolutely. I think absolutely. it's a very intriguing, important science. And in the future, we're going to sit down with, you know, I think that episode with Dr. Julian Dalby was actually a great eye-opener. Yes. When he spoke about Conor McGregor's strength and conditioning and his weight-cutting program. Yes. Yes. It's quite interesting to see. But you, know, here, but, sorry. you know, but speaking speaking about Conor McGregor's weight-cut and strength and conditioning program, Chips, let us list down five of our individual, you know, picks. The gentleman who shouldn't have cut that much weight that actually went down like drastically. I will tell you who number one is already. It's Anthony Johnson. <laughs> no, I mean yours. yours. Like your five, you know, like your top five. The guys who you felt just did it way, way, way too aggressively. Khabib comes to mind at number five. He wow. took a lot yeah, of time to cut weight. Absolutely. Khabib, and he was finally able to do it. Khabib yeah. definitely is out there. For me, I think Darren Till also took out a lot when he had to go down to welterweight. I he feel did. Darren Till was one. I mean, he was so huge. I'm like, dude, this guy is almost a light heavyweight. And he's to compete at welterweight, which is at 170 pounds. And he looked right. massive. And the time when I realized this was versus 
the Cowboys were only fight, and Cowboys a big guy, and Tarantil was like, man, this guy is like two weight classes apart. True, so you could I, see the difference. Yeah, I just felt he pushed it way, way too much. So Tarantil for me is on number five. Uh, coming for me, number five. And number four for me is uh, Edson Barboza. I think at featherweight, he looks far more comfortable. Yeah. He was too big for uh, lightweight. I think he was, he, he looked big. He's firstly, the problem with him, he's got like some negative one, five, five negative 50% body fat. <laughs> like I can see his, you know, when the school, school ka wo body ka diagram hota tha na? They used to have the human body like this. I mean that in that, in the red and the blue for showing yeah. the veins and all that. That is Edson Barboza's real body. Daily, yeah, yeah. So like, that's, that's how he looks. looks like. Like when he breathes <laughs> in, you can see his fourteen pack. <laughs> when he doesn't breathe in, also you can see his fourteen pack. Like right. you can see his fourteen pack outside. A, when he wears an overcoat, na, no? oh, those thick overcoats in Russia, yeah, tops wear. You can still yeah. see his abs from outside. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I think for me, number four is Joel Romero. Joel Romero. Oh my God, that man used to Speaking go, of abs, yeah. <laughs> you know, the forty-four-year-old. I don't know, maybe forty-four abs on him. Actually, you can't tell his age ever. Yeah, you can't yeah, tell. He could be yeah. seventy-five. He could be thirty-five. He could be ninety. He could be twenty. Nobody can't knows. But the fact that he was so big and he used to come down to middleweight, which is one hundred and eighty-five pounds, was something. I I don't know. I just I just couldn't digest the fact. It was it was very very crazy. He's missed he weight a missed, lot of time. Has he missed weight a lot? I think he has. And also there was one time where you know he was holding the towel and he's trying to do those little tricks and stuff like that. And yeah, that's man, true. Actually. You know, like he's so huge and he comes down to middleweight, which is one hundred and eighty-five pounds. So God bless him. But for me, number four is Joel Romero. Mm. Okay, number three, I think uh, uh, I'm going to go to uh, the female division. It's Chris Cyborg. Oh, oh God. Trouble cutting oh a God. lot of weight, man. You know, in fact, on YouTube, there are videos of uh, Chris Cyborg's, you know, weight cutting scenario. And she's bawling and crying out there because she's looking so you know, I think I've seen so more videos difficult. of Chris Cyborg in a towel covered in a towel more than she's fought correct <laughs> I mean I love Chris Cyborg she's awesome she's one of the most baddest women that have existed in the sport absolutely but she had her issues with weight cutting man crazy that's such a good pick because that was Who's my next pick but if if I had to choose another number three I would possibly choose Johnny Hendricks Big oh big. my God! You couldn't have chosen a better guy. You, you could know, not. Johnny Hendricks, who competes in the welterweight division at 170 pounds on fight day, was <laughs> close to 200 pounds, and I'm like, oh, oh my, my God. God! You know, and I've God. and I've met Johnny Hendricks when he's not in camp. I think he's easily 215, 220 pounds. He's massive. He's so big. Yeah, he is. He's wide also. He's yeah, like, you know. Truck. That's why they call him Big Rig. Big Rig, exactly. It's called Big yeah. Rig for that. So for me, number three is none other than Johnny Big Rig Hendrix. All right, now we're hotting up in the number two and number one spot. Uh, let's see. Number two, who does, who has a bad weight cut? Um, I mean, there are so many guys, you know, there are so many guys, especially a lot of the Brazilians. Yeah. But I would even say Jose Aldo had his share of bad weight cuts. He did. Absolutely. I'm so happy now he's fighting at Bantam because he seems to have nailed that weight cut perfectly. You know, I thought he would go up in weight class, but I think he's done something to his diet. He's changed it around. Yes. But he's made made massive changes. And he's looking So, so good. Oh my God. He's looking very good now. I don't even want him to go up anymore. And he even said in an interview that he's made it a point like in his last, this is his last leg in fighting. Yes. Because he's 35 something. 
you know he's had the amount of years he's put in he's been fighting since he's 18 years old probably yeah. in the yeah. you know he's been probably fighting on the street since he's much younger and training since he was one or something <laughs> and came out like kicking in the womb only yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think i think he's he also said that he's actually a lot closer to his weight class which is at 135 yes. now he's probably sitting around 145 max absolutely in fact that's a spot on analysis for me number 2 could be another brazilian the former champion henen barao i thought oh, had yes. had some major issues in his weight cutting there was i mean he's just not make the featherweight division he should just not make it it used to always be 146 sometimes 147 and that last leg of draining the last drop of sweat from you and just getting the diuretics and the water out and the sauna yeah. and the Oh man, it used to be painful to watch Sanand Barao. We see the videos of some of the guys who used to have the, you know, have the elliptical or the exercise, the aerodyne bike inside the sauna. Inside the sauna. In fact, Sanand Barao was one of them. God. He he has dropped out of a lot of fights because he just couldn't wake up next morning. He was so dehydrated, so passed out. His body just didn't respond. So for me, number two is definitely Sanand Barao on this list. And now the one, my number one spot is the one and only uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson, who is the greatest, <laughs> who has cut the most weight. People, he has cut four weight classes. Basically, he has, he he fought at welterweight. That means you got middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight. Three weight classes above. And he honestly is a super heavyweight. He fights at he's coolly a two sixty five pound guy. Now, in fact, my number one too. is Anthony Rumble Johnson the gentleman who used to cut a lot of weight to make it to 205 pounds at one point of time was competing in a 170 pounds it's unbelievable and i was like is this the same human being <laughs> it's not it's it's just not because i think if you look at his whole body and then you compare his head alone like if you look at Anthony Rumble Johnson's head it's huge he's got a very very big head and not to mention a body to surround it Yeah, and yeah. he is now looking so good because he's at his weight class. He's at right. his weight class, and he's looking happy and healthy. But there was a time where the kind of damage, the long-term damage on his kidneys to get to that weight, man, man, is just, it would have been heartbreaking for him to go on like this. And I'm so yeah. happy he changed weight classes. But there have been fighters who do not cut a lot of weight. One of them, obviously, is our very own Frankie Edgar. and precisely why he's still fighting he's healthy of course competition level has changed he's aged agreed but he's still out there and in fact it was just very recently that he got knocked out by Brian Ortega for the first time ever in his career actually i think that was his first knockout and then sandhagen knocked him out again sandhagen knocked him out again but you know it's just it's just because competition is like it's up a, yeah, there right i mean now, how long know? can you be dominant i mean nobody can be dominant that long he was a champion he was in lightweight division he yeah. had wars with benson henderson wars with bj pen yeah and then eventually the sport has to catch up but yeah. honorable mentions of guys who also have tough weight cuts one is davison figueredo uh, the former flyweight champion he cuts yes. a lot of weight I mean, guys like Tyron Woodley as well. They all look like they cut huge amounts of weight to get yes. to where they are. And then on the same hand, we're going to do another series where we talk about guys who mastered the weight cut, like the Spider Silva, never missed weight even by a one gram on and off. Absolutely. In fact, even last week's fighter Jim Miller, who has got thirty-nine professional fights, Jesus. has never missed weight even once. So, kudos to these guys. You know. focus focus on your health focus yeah. on your weight but at the same time please get professional guidance any fighters listening out there get professional exactly. guidance 
before doing this because it's not going to be healthy if you don't. But having said that, we're going to be moving on to our next segment, which is UFC Woo! 267, which yes. is live on Sony Television at 11.30 p.m. But before that, we have a one-hour studio special, Mystic Chips. Sudhi Sachdev and me, Somej Superhuman Kamra, are going to be live in the studio at 10.30 p.m. only on the Sony Sports Network. We're going to be talking about that fight and that entire card right here on The Fighting Goat after this short commercial break. Welcome back to episode 35 of The Fighting Goat. We have now reached the last segment of our show. This is Arjun, a.k.a. Mystic Chips, along with Superhuman Kamra. And we're going to be getting through this quick. UFC 267 is on the cards. It's one of the most incredible events that are coming up. We've been waiting for this all through the month of October. Like wait, that, cut ka waiting? Like waiting? Wait, cut ka waiting. It's <laughs> weighing on us at this point. It's literally weighing on us at this point. But you know what? If there was ever a heavyweight stacked card, this is it. This is as stacked as this card can ever get. Well, it's absolutely. Incredible fight. Mr. Kamara, run us through top to bottom from this for this card. You know, Normally, Mystic Chips and me predict the best fights of a card. UFC 267 has six fights on the main card. It starts with Magomev Ankalev versus Volkan Ozdemir in the light heavyweight division. Dude, Holy Ankalev, hell. Ankalev versus Volkan Ozdemir is going to be a banger. We've seen uh, we've seen Ankalev take on uh, Ion Kutila but knock him out twice. We move on to the well. Yes, yes. <laughs> but we in the in moving on in the welterweight division, we have Li Jingliang, the hot prospect from China, taking on the return of Kamsa Chimai. Oh my God! You know, you know, it was such a it was such a sad story when we found out that Kamsa Chimai was contracted had contracted COVID nineteen. Yes, and it was such a depressing thing because no athlete should go through that. And uh, nobody should go through that. Let me just rephrase that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, it's and he went through it and you, we could see the effects of COVID. He's been delaying his fights. He was supposed to return in March. He was supposed to return in May. Then he was returning in August. And now finally, he seems to be fit. So we Absolutely. Can't Moving on to the next fight, which is the third fight on the card, is in the heavyweight division Woohoo! between Alexander Volkov and Marcin Taibura. Oh my God, Volkov! His last war against Cyril Gan, his he, was you know, massive. He, oh he my was God! The kind of fight I got to give him props. He would fight anybody, but Marcin Taibura also. He's a tough, tough heavyweight man. It's going to be a fun war. It's crazy. Moving on to the next fight, which are the three marquee fights of the event. Oh in, my God! In the lightweight division, Islam Makachev takes on. Then the hangman hooker. The original opponent for this one was yes. uh, was Rafael Dos Anjos. He had to pull out for some reason. And Dan Hooker chose to fill in. So he's right there in Abu Dhabi. And the co-main event of the evening in the bantamweight division is the former champion Peter Jan taking on Corey Sandhagen. And the main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division for the title is... Glover Teixeira, who is taking on Jan Blankovic. I mean, I, I'm just breathing deep here because it's just said there's nothing else. There's only can only do prana, I mean, like. yeah. But you know what the best part is? If you look at all these fighters, 
none of them are going to miss weight none of them are going to say yeah. no i don't want to fight him none of them are going Dude. to back out I mean, and it's just it's just crazy so the fight card is not changing the fight card is not, not changing. no no it cannot change so close to this i mean anything happens firstly i'm going to mandir and break like coconut and all that hey aarti to chada ke lagna hi chahiye because nothing should nothing should affect this card i think we will do this at the sony studio absolutely uh, and, and and the thing is that 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 dan hooker has stepped in on short notice to take on one of the most Weird fighters in that lightweight division. I mean, yes. after Khabib left, everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be Islam Makhachev's division." Yes, and, and he, Dan Hooker, the kind of ultimate stud he is, took a fight after his. He fought like I don't know what, like a month ago. Yes, and then yes, said, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm right here. I'm going to stay in the US. Boom. I'm going to be here, and I'm going to take on. Uh, you know, I'm going to fly to Abu Dhabi and take on Makhachev. And I'm like, absolutely. It's, you know, it's this- a stud move. You know, see, win or lose doesn't matter. Dan Hooker is an absolute stud. He's got the people's respect. He's got but the UFC's respect. Is, you know, but chips. The thing is that so even Peter Yan was supposed to face the champion Aljamain Sterling. Yes, Islam. Oh, your favorite. Absol- absolutely, your favorite my, fighter. The two guys, you know, Sean. You know, Sean O'Malley and Aljamain. My I want to see you party. Yeah. I want to see you party with like Aljo and 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 Sean O'Malley. Man. <laughs> Poison the drinks and all that, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know uh, Peter Yan, uh, the former bantamweight champion, was supposed to take on Aljamain Sterling, the current bantamweight champion. Islam Makhachev was supposed to take on Rafael dos Anjos. There have been two replacements, but how good are these fights? I, somehow now looking at these fights, I prefer it to the original opponents. I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> I would love to have seen you know the original rematch between Peter and Aljamain Sterling. But you right. know what? Sometimes it doesn't happen. Aljamain was injured; he pulled out for a reason. Right. So now we are going to see a interim belt. Absolutely. And I just want to ask you, Sumesh, is Dan Hooker versus Islam Makhachev a three-round fight or five-round? It's a three-round fight. In fact, yeah. even even the bantamweight co-main event, which is supposed to originally be a oh no, it's a five-round fight. Sorry, uh, uh, yeah, it's an interim belt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a five-round fight. It's a five-round fight. I thought it would be a three-round, but no, it's for the interim belt. It's going to be a five-round fight. So that's 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 absolutely fantastic. But chips going straight into the picks. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Picks now. We got to go. Magomed Magomed Ankale versus Volkan Ozdemir. Oh my God, Ozdemir! <laughs> Both these guys are so tough, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Ankalev. Holy shit! Okay, I'm going to go with the Swede Volkan Ozdemir for this one. I think his hands are really good. He's improved his kicks, and I think a lot of it is going to change. Welterweight division: Li Jingliang versus Kamsa Chimaev. You know that's the thing. A lot of people are sleeping <laughs> on Li Jingliang here because Li Jingliang is a tough, tough prospect, and these. Chinese are big up sprouting some really really incredible fighters absolutely but that being said man the Kamza Chimaev train has been steaming on and trucking on so well we don't know how he's going to be after covid though so that's a big question mark exactly i'm going to be in the side of the the chinese li jingliang oh you know that's a very interesting pick because i'm going to go with li jingliang too for this one exactly. i think We've seen I, what he's capable of I think he's going to derail the Chimaev train because Chimaev is coming off after quite some time. I think he'll be a little rusty. He'll not be as fearless as he was. And if he tries to rush in, Li Jinglang has some of the worst hands in the welterweight division. He's got the... Man, he throws those punches like cannon bombs. I mean, we, we're going to find out. It's going to be a great fight either way. I mean, as long as we get a war out of it, I don't matter. It doesn't matter who wins or loses. Absolutely. Moving on to the heavyweight division, Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Taibura. Marcin Taibura has been on a tear. 
He's been he on a tear. Been on a tear. But you know, Alexander Volkov is is this seven foot eight monster who has had some amazing fights. He was beating Derek Lewis till he got knocked out by that freak punch that can knock even the air around most people. Yes, and and of course Cyril Gunn is is a is a massive prospect prospect who's going to be fighting for the belt next. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm still going to go with Alexander Volkov. Oh, you know what? I'm in the same boat. I think Alexander Volkov is going to stop Marcin Taibura, who's I think on a he two is. or three fight winning streak. He's coming off that beautiful experience with you know Cyril Gunn as well as it's also a big close. step up for it's also a big step up for Marcin Taibura. It is he's taking it on is. such a big now he's getting into the big boy leagues really absolutely. big boy absolutely absolutely moving on to the next fight oh. Oof, lightweight division Islam Makachev versus Taz <laughs> the Hangman Hooker. This is a game now. This is in this pick. It's a becoming a choice between heart and head. <laughs> like I don't know. My heart tells me one thing. My head is telling me okay. another. What does the stomach say? Uh, stomach, stomach is going through a weight cut, so stomach doesn't have an opinion right now. But my my heart wants to say Dan Hooker, but my head tells me Islam. Okay, so so if you can, my, I'm, I'm, and always, man, and Mr. Chips always goes with his heart. Oh, really? Yes. I thought he goes with his head. Okay, fine, he goes with his head. Fine, I'm just being dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, the Dagestani. Islam Akhachev. Absolutely. In fact, Superhuman Kamra, unfortunately, even though I completely agree with Mystic Chips, heart-wise, I want Dan Hooker to take this, but I think it's going to be a three-round wrestling match and yes. Islam Akhachev is going to grind him out and just be on the ground and ground and but pound you never him, know, man, you know, or... you never know. You, <laughs> you never, never know. know. You never you, know. You know what? You know, I just made a five-round fight, it would be in a different story. Maybe. But, you know, I personally feel you should you should trademark that. You never know. You never, but you never know. But what yeah. if? What <laughs> if? What if? And if you never know? <laughs> you know, like Bruce Buffer has that. It's time. He has that done. But I think. What if? <laughs> what if? I want to start a. I want to start a seminar. Mystic chips. It, but you never know. And but you never segment, know. You know. <laughs> I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a nice three, what two minute segment next time. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving on to yes, the. Sir. Go main event of the evening in the bantamweight division. It's a five-round fight for the interim title between oh Peter Yan and Corey Sandhagen. Oh my God. This fight has ultimate fireworks written all over it. Corey Sandhagen coming off a loss uh, to TJ Dillashaw, but that was such a such a close fight. This fight yeah. was offered to TJ actually before it was offered to uh, Corey. Absolutely. TJ's gone in for surgery now and... Uh, Corey said, yes, I'll fight for the interim belt. And Peter Yan is just like, I'll fight anybody. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't matter to him, to be honest. Get me Sterling. <laughs> he wants, he's been so vocal about it. He's been so vocal about the fact and he said some pretty not very nice things on Twitter. Yeah, he's been nasty off late. Been straight up nasty to him. And he said that, like, you know, you can't fight them. And he said, I'm, I'm not repeating it. But <laughs> my point is that he is waiting for Aljamain Sterling. Absolutely. That's all he's doing. But if you have to make a quick pick between Peter Yarn and... Yan. Peter Yan. He's cut Man, from a... You know, you know, both the guys are tough, but ah. Peter Yan is cut from a different cloth. Absolutely. So again, Mystic Chips and Superhuman Kamra are in the same boat. But now the main, main event, event of, is, oh, this one is of the yeah, evening. It's going to be Jan Blakovic and Glover Teixeira. So Mystic Chips. No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to side with the with the Czech native. It's uh, sorry, Polish native. It's uh, it's going to be Jan Blakovic uh, who's going to take. He's going to retain his belt. Glover, I love him. He's such a veteran of the sport. This is, I think, one of I think he's he's reached a point where this is one of his final last shots at the belt. Right, because he was unsuccessful a couple of years ago with John Jones. 
Right. And now, and then he went through a bunch of losses against Rumble Johnson, Cormier. And now he gets his, one of his final shots. I hope he gets it. I hope he wins that belt. Even just as a feather to his cap, as in a, in a great career at light heavyweight. Don't right. count him out. Glover Teixeira is always dangerous. But you know, he's is got, on a tear right now. You know, he's got great BJJ. He's got great hands. Uh, he's got decent wrestling also, which are pretty much the same traits of Jan Blakovich. So, do you really think it's going to be that easy? Because honestly, it was your easiest pick from the entire card. It, it was. But, but the thing is that you understand is Jan is also a lot bigger. He's also, he has very rangy. And he uses, he's got great counters for fighters coming in. Uh, Glover has got more of a boxing stance. He tucks his head in very, very well. He's got yeah. good defense, but has been knocked out and caught in the past. So mm-hmm. that's what gives, and, and you know, Jan, you give him that two, three round window when he starts getting uh, comfortable around the third round. Right. What he did to Dominic Reyes as well. Was, right. Was he just caught him, bang, with right. a combination. And right. the thing that Glover doesn't have that Jan has is Jan throws a lot of kicks to the body. Lot right. of kicks to the body. So this is going to be very interesting, but I'm, I'm heading towards Jan Blahovic. Wow. You know, so... Honestly, I'm pretty much in the same boat. So, Mystic Chips and Superhuman Kamra almost on the same boat except for the first fight of the evening which is Magomed Ankalev versus Volkan Ozdemir. Yes. R- rest of it, we all are pretty much in the red corner which is Jan Blakovic, Peter Jan, Islam Makachev, Alexander Volkov and Lee Jing Liang. But you never know, man. But, but you, you never, never know. know. <laughs> but if you guys want to win some really exciting prizes, please make your of picks. Course. Hang on, hang on. Mr. Ch- hang on, Mr. Kamra, stand up. We need oh, to see this. yes. Oh, we need to see this. The Fighting Goat merchandise ah, the is fighting goat merchandise is here. available. It's finally available. And you need to quickly tag us on our social media. So, Somesh, tell me what your social media handles are. Well, you need to tag us, hashtag us on all social media platforms. Me, I'm on Instagram, Somesh.Kamra. Twitter, Somesh underscore Kamra. Mystic Chips, bang. On Instagram, I'm at, at Arjun Chips and on Twitter, I'm the Mystic Chips. But guys, don't forget to tag IVM Podcast, hashtag the fighting goat in all your posts. Make your picks like us. Check your picks, send it out to us, and we'll see who the winners are and send you some awesome merchandise. T-shirts are just the beginning. Fridge magnets, mugs, caps, headbands, and and sharpies, whatever you want, they're on their way. And don't forget to play this game. And possibly a chance to get featured on our show because we're looking to get the top fans on the fighting goat. But before that, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to watch UFC 267, which is on Saturday. And not a Sunday, it's on Saturday, October 30th. We are going live on the Sony Sports Network at 10.30 p.m. with the Ultimate Guide to UFC. So we look forward on having more interactions there, more fun, more dhamaka. Until, yes, until next time, stay tuned to ivmpodcast.com. Listen to all the awesome content. But do tune in to the Fighting Goat first and then go anywhere else because we are the Fighting Goat.